truly to be a strong, cohesive team, you need to be a team of equals. That is what really makes for a high-performing team. So these power imbalances undermine your ability to form a strong, powerful team. And of course, your ability to perform is impacted as well. So what can you do when you face a power imbalance? And I just would say what you want to do is neutralize it. Hey, Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Nation. Do you have power imbalances on your projects within your business? Well, today we're going to look at some of this phenomenon that happens. Here's an example. The owner hired a designer to develop bridging documents. Now the designer of record is designing the facility And the designer of record feels that at each step of the way, they are being undermined by the bridging document designer, who seems to want things the way beyond what's practical in the contract. The bridging document designer has the ear of the owner. They've worked together now for a few years on this project, and they feel that they must protect what was promised to the stakeholders. So no matter how many iterations the designer of record submits, they just can't make the bridging document designer and thus the owner happy. We have power imbalances all through the construction industry, both on our projects with third parties and within our businesses and organizations. These power imbalances really make it difficult to build a strong, cohesive team. And it takes a strong, cohesive team to create momentum and success. So today we're going to explore some of the typical power imbalances that occur. So we're going to start off by looking at power imbalances on projects. And on a construction project, the owner has most of the power. We've talked about that before here on Lead with Trust. Now, the owner, they decide what's going to be built. They decide by whom. They decide what's a change. They decide how much they're going to pay. But that is not the only power imbalance that we have on our projects. Here are six other classic power imbalances we must manage on our project. So we can have a power imbalance between the owner and the general contractor, and it can be in lots of different ways. 
from weather change to interpreting specs. We see that a lot. You can have a power imbalance between the general contractor and the subcontractors or specialty trades. Same kind of thing. It can be contract interpretation, you know, feeling like things aren't fair or one trades in my way. There can be lots of things around that. You can have the owner's representative if they have a construction manager or PMSS and with all the contractors because they have part of the power that the owner has. So they're really like the stepping in for the owner. So you can have quite a significant power imbalance there. You can have a power imbalance between the architect who may have the contract with the owner or the builder and the subconsultants who are putting together, you know, the all the meat and meat on the bones, so to speak, for the design. So then you can also have, like I said, the bridging documents and the designer of record, which we see this quite often, along with uh, an inspector, along to the foreman and superintendent. Again, usurping some of the power from the owner, being the owner's representative. So those are really ones that we see pretty commonly playing out on our projects. But we also see third-party power imbalances. None of our projects are built in a vacuum. You know, there are cities, there's counties, there's municipalities, there are regulatory permitting, funding agencies, all sorts of different entities that impact our projects in one way or another. And the main power imbalance here is that they have the power to interrupt our ability to succeed and you have little power to get them to act or make a decision. And so I see this a lot between these these three entities, these actually six entities. So with the owner, project owner, and regulatory agencies. So the owner has created some kind of agreement or has to create some kind of agreement and then has to get concurrence along the way from the regulatory agencies. With the contractors who are then supposed to get permits and usually it's from some kind of outside agency. And then the owner with funding agencies. We see a lot of funding where there's multiple funding agencies or people or entities, and it's not clear on who's doing what and who's really in charge. We see that quite a bit. These are the most impactful things we see on projects. And then we have power imbalances like in your own business, your own organization. And you may not really realize it, but you really do have these power imbalances and they play out even within your own units, your organizations, and they impact your projects. And here's a few of the typical ones that we see. An owner of a company or the executive with an employee. That's probably a classic one you would see. We see a lot with the field team versus the office team and the field team being more empowered to do things and make decisions and the office team not so much. And that includes the people who may be doing the estimating, I see a lot of that or the field team feeling like they're left with something that they didn't want. You can also see it between divisions and you'll see it some places are organized where uh, you have the project manager may have power over budget and the construction manager has to make everything happen. 
So they're trying to do it without the ability to kind of make the decisions, the financial system decisions, sorry. And then we see a lot where you have maintenance who has to maintain whatever the facility is, and then the project management people. And we see a lot of that also with like IT, information technology systems, and the project teams where they really have to work together. It has to all mesh together and work within the backbone and everything that's there. So we see a lot of push-pull power issues there. And truly, to be a strong, cohesive team, you need to be a team of equals. That is what really makes for a high-performing team. So these power imbalances undermine your ability to form a strong, powerful team. And of course, your ability to perform is impacted as well. So what can you do when you face a power imbalance? And I just would say what you want to do is neutralize it. You want to make a team of equals. So here are four tips for neutralizing power imbalances. Since my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, The Trusted Leader, came out last February, so many of you have asked me to create a course based on my book. So I've spent this year developing the Trusted Leadership course, Go Farther Faster by Using Trust. And I'm so excited to announce that this self-study and also group coaching course will be ready for launch in January of 2023. It has six modules that will be transformative for you and your leadership. And I guarantee that you will get a breakthrough to the next level of trust in a challenge that you and your team face. And the group coaching is there to support you every step of the way and answer your questions and learn from others. I'm so excited. And I hope that you will jump on over to sudico.com slash course, S-U-D-Y-C-O.com slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E, and reserve your spot today. Now, back to the show. So tip number one, common sense, as I always say, common sense is a superpower is that you need to recognize it, recognize that you have a power imbalance. And just like everything in life, the first step is to recognize that you have it. And once you recognize it, you can begin to deal with it. So if you're the one with the power, here's what you can do. It it can sometimes be really difficult if you're the one in power to actually see that there's a power imbalance because you are the one in power. So it, it's people sort of float around you and you, you may not really see it. It may be really hard, but it's really important to try. And it's just as important, if not more important, to recognize the power imbalance and any negative impacts that are resulting from it. So look for situations. You're in the perfect place, even though you may not be able to see it, if you can see it, to really neutralize it. So look for situations where your power might be undermining communication, cooperation, and collaboration. If you have the power, people are not likely to tell you that there is an issue. 
So look where you're not getting the results you need. Then use your power to foster communication and transparency to create that strong, cohesive team you need. If you're not the one that has the power, then you are more likely to actually recognize the power imbalance because it is pretty darn uncomfortable just by its nature. You will feel frustration and you may feel like, I just want some relief here. Look for those places and see if a power imbalance is playing out. Once you recognize it, you can start to try and neutralize it. Just a few thoughts about having a clear chain of command, because some people might think, well, is that what you're talking about? And clearly that is not what I'm talking about here. It's important to know where you go if you disagree about something and it and where you can get an answer and a chain of clear chain of command is pretty important on a construction project. So we're not talking about that. A true power imbalance consists of someone with authentic power and someone who does not have that power. And this imbalance is creating an imbalance within the team. This is one of the reasons that construction partnering works so well is that it really neutralizes the power imbalances. So that's why it's it's so useful and been so popular for three decades now. So let's move on to tip number two, set ground rules. One of the best things you can do is really set some ground rules and they can help you to create a way of communicating and working together as equals. And I assume everyone knows each other's roles, responsibilities, and authority level. If you don't, well, that would be one place to start, right? But if you don't have to operate in a hierarchical way, even if you are structured that way, you can act like a team of equals by setting up ground rules that develop transparency, open communication, create problem solving, and of course, innovation. You can always step back into your traditional roles whenever it's needed, but most of the time they really aren't needed. So you're better off just operating as a group of equals. So here's some potential ground rules you might use and set for your meetings, your conversations, even your emails, whenever you're really interacting with each other. First one, everyone is created equally. And if you're actually ever trying to make a decision on something, you know, one person, one vote is sort of a great way to do it. Next one would be there's no dumb questions or dumb ideas. You want to encourage that. Anybody sitting there not knowing what you're talking about. Uh, you have the power to make a difference. Think about that. If everyone on your team thought that they had the power to make a difference, then they'd be looking for ways they could make a difference, bringing those ideas forward and then helping to figure out how to implement it. Listen to understand, not to debate. We've talked about that before here, but it's such a critical element. Try to understand, stop that inner judge in your head that keeps your brain from actually hearing what people are telling you. And then lastly, we are one team. The more that you can actually form and be one team, a team of equals, the more profound your difference you will make in your results. So the more that happens, the greater the momentum and the greater opportunities that will come to you. Tip number three, foster shared problem solving and creativity. Every team and business 
has problems. Different people in different roles or departments often see and define a particular problem quite differently. And thus, they see the solution as being something different. So why not bring together all the stakeholders in a problem to share their different perspectives? And once they understand each other's perspective, and they will then actually more fully understand the problem, then have them co-create an agreed upon solution. This way, you really do see the big picture and you solve the problem in a way that works for everyone. And best yet, as you've heard me say before, people don't argue with what they help to create. The odds are that when they have created this solution together, that it will be fully implemented and it will be much more likely to be very successful. Our last tip, tip number four, use the power to recommend. I hear all the time from team members that say, you know, I don't have the power to make a decision. We're just sitting here waiting. We can't, we can't get what we need. And uh, try to always say, you know, remember, you always have the power to make a recommendation. And in fact, most leaders love, love, love when their people provide a well thought out recommendation. So whenever you or your team or someone you know feels like they are stuck because they can't get a decision or resources or something, stop and ask yourself, what would you recommend? What is the best solution or idea or way? Then share this with the decision maker or decision makers. Some years ago, I worked with a very famous Hollywood film producer on some of his projects, and he loved to make the decisions, but he challenged his team to always give him three options and the ramifications for each option. And then he chose his preferred option from the three. Never just sit there and wait. You have the power to make great recommendations. So there you have it, Construction Nation, four tips for dealing with power imbalances so that you can neutralize them and have a high-performing, high-trust team, even though we have daily issues that we face on our projects and we have built-in power imbalances. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Okay, Construction Nation, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. Every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com slash profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile. 
and you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.